Good morning, Waypoint. So happy that you're here on this snowy, snowy day right after Christmas, that weird crunch time right after Christmas, right before New Year's, kind of a weird little time, at least in my book it seems to be. I love that song. In fact, I was sitting there and I just felt like the Holy Spirit was moving because I want you to think about the times in your life when there's been a mountain, like a real mountain, and God moved. And it's interesting that, you know, that says that he has never failed us yet, but it's interesting because we look in our lives and we see different failures, and I think sometimes we even attribute those failures to God. We're not able to sometimes look inward or look at our circumstances. We just assume that God has failed us, but I love that song because that's a reminder that God has never failed us, and there's different mountains and you know what, if you were to look in your life right now, and I was to look at my life, there's absolutely been mountains, but we're people and we forget so quickly. In fact, September 11th, 2001 came, two planes crashed into the, 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 uh, the two buildings, the Twin Towers, and all of a sudden, everybody is going to church. Everybody is interested in finding out because they think maybe we're getting attacked and all these different things are taking place and there's complete chaos and it was amazing, church attendance was up like 80%, something ridiculous, and now here we are in 2018, and it's amazing as humans, we have such short memories of how we felt, and I wasn't even planning on saying this to, uh, this morning, I wasn't planning on saying anything about September 11th, but I was sitting there thinking about it, that we forget so quickly the, the mountains that God has moved, or the things that have been hard in our lives, and we, just, we do this often. And I hope this morning, as, you're, as you were singing that, you're just thinking about the stuff that God has brought you out of, that he's delivered you out of, and maybe you're still walking through it. And so I wanna just kinda start this morning off with a little bit of prayer. If you'd just bow your heads and join me in prayer real quick. Lord, I, I, just, I just ask that you'd prepare our hearts this morning. Um, what I'm gonna talk about today, God, you have placed on my heart, and I ask, God, that we would, we would quiet ourselves for a moment. Um, I ask that your voice would be heard, Jesus. I ask that your Holy Spirit would move. I ask that we would remember the mountains that you've moved in our lives, the moments that we were desperate for you, the moments we were on our knees for you. Would you bring those and flood those back into our minds this morning so that you can get the full glory and we can realize that the things that you're doing in our lives are great things and they're, they're things that over time you're chipping away at us, you're trying to make us better people, you're trying to improve us, you're trying to make us more like your son, Jesus. I just ask this morning that you would be with this congregation, that you'd be with congregations down the street, in other states, in other towns, in other counties, in other nations, and all around the world that this morning your name would be glorified, Jesus. We are all one giant team, and we wanna uplift your name this morning. May your Holy Spirit move. We love you, and it's in your amazing name, amen. I hope you had a really good Christmas. I, I always take some time during the Christmas season to do a little reflecting, and as we start approaching the end of the year, I like to think about, okay, how did this year go? What was it like? What am I wanting to do for next year? What's some of those things? And maybe you do the same thing. Maybe you reflect, and a couple sermons ago, I, I talked about uh, how 2018 had been kind of a rough year, and we were trying to figure some stuff out, and there were some different things. And It's amazing when you look back and you see how your year went. Because a year's a big thing. See, I'm still the guy that likes to see the ball drop. Maybe some of you guys are already in bed by that point. I know Megan, she, she like, 
I, I swear she likes to go to bed just so she can say that she didn't see the ball drop. But I love to be able to stay up and watch the ball drop because I love symbolism. And the symbolism of the ball dropping is really cool. It's like five, four, three, two, one. And right when that ball drops and the confetti goes and Jenny McCarthy or whatever her name is is kissing every dude out in New York, which is kind of weird, but you got the ball drop. It's an amazing symbolism in that moment because what it's, what it's saying is, hey, your year, it's done. Your chapter for this year, it's done. New start. Who doesn't like a fresh start? How many of you guys don't like a fresh start? You don't have to raise your hand. Everybody likes a fresh start. And so when that ball drops, I think it's really, really neat because what it's saying in that moment, or at least what I think to myself is a new start. Fresh start, I have an opportunity to make something into something. And so as I looked back at 2018 and I looked at the reflection thing, I saw a lot of joy, a lot of happiness, a lot of excitement, a lot of encouragement, but I also saw a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, a lot of confusion, a lot of chaos, honestly. And in February, things took a turn for the worst. As, as my family, we were trying to figure some stuff out and there had been some things that over time I had let slide into my life and, and Megan maybe had let sl slide into her life and, and before we know it, there was just different things in our lives that we had to figure out. And it's really hard to look in the mirror. Have you ever had to look in the mirror? Unfortunately, I have to look in the mirror every day, but have you ever looked in the mirror and actually looked and see very deeply what's in there? I'm telling you, it's it's. It's kind of terrifying. So I had to look in the mirror and, and look at myself and say, what am, what am I doing wrong? What have I allowed in my life? What are these things that have, have come in and what's these challenges and why is this happening? What am I doing here? And when you stop pointing the blame at somebody else or you stop looking in somebody else's mirror, I tell you what, you look in your own mirror, you see what God can do. He can do some amazing things, but it's like an onion. The first time you look in that mirror, it's the first layer of the onion. And over a period of 2018, if I was to sum up my year, it was a giant onion. Because the first part kind of stunk, and it was pretty, pretty difficult to peel, but why was there layers? And I kept peeling, and it kept smelling, and it was just not good, and I was like, oh man, this is, this is really getting hard. And I, I'd peel another layer to the, to the point where I got down to the core, and sometimes I think God has to strip us down to the absolute core, and I felt probably mid-2018, in my own personal life, I had to be stripped down to the core and I had to take a look and say, what flaws do you have, which is, trust me, tons of flaws, but I had to look at all these different things in my life and say, wow, this is something that needs to be addressed in my life. I can't keep letting these things in. And that onion can eventually become something really neat because God can work with onions but you have to first realize that there's an onion to be peeled. And so as you look at your year, I want you to take a moment and look at those mountains. What did God move in your life? What's he doing? What's he working on? And what are some of the challenges ahead? I wanted to title this, this sermon, Stop Running From and Start Running To, because I think sometimes when we get big challenges in our lives, what we do is we run from them or we stand still. So there's three opportunities that we have when it comes to just this life in general. We're running from something, we're standing still, or we're running towards something. Those would be the three things that you could say. Now, some of you guys might say, Mike, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that because I, I think you're either running from something or you're running to something. I don't think you can ever be standing still. Well, I wanna tell you that that really doesn't matter what you believe or what I believe because the bottom line is this. If you're running from something or you're standing still, we wanna get those crossed off completely. So it doesn't matter because 
God doesn't want you running from stuff. He doesn't just want you running from the things that he's asking you to, to come towards. And he doesn't, certainly doesn't want you to stand still because then we have lukewarmness. He wants you to be hot or cold. He'd prefer you be hot. So running towards something, but here's the issue. What are you running towards? That's the big deal. So we talked about that a couple weeks ago as I talked about pain and how we can embrace the pain and God can turn our pain into power when we actually recognize that through the pain he's trying to do some stuff. So what are we running towards? What is that something? Well, I wanna tell you first as we kick this off of what the something is. And the something is simply this. In 1 Chronicles twenty two nineteen. it says, now dev- devote your heart and soul to seeking the Lord your God. This is the bottom line, this is it. If you wanna know what we're supposed to run towards and what that something is, it's simply this in 1 Chronicles. And there's many scriptures uh, that tell what we're running towards in the Bible. But 1 Chronicles, I think, is a beautiful one. Now devote your heart and soul to seeking the Lord your God. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're running towards. But sometimes we don't do a very good job of this. And I'm the king of this because oftentimes I'm running from it or I'm standing still. When I think of goals and I think of challenges and I think some of the things that God is asking us to to do in obedience, sometimes I know that he's asking me to do something really big. He's asking me to do something really, like that's gonna really cut to my core, that's really maybe gonna hurt, that's maybe gonna be uncomfortable, and it's maybe gonna really, really challenge me. And sometimes I know those things, but I'll still pick lesser things to work on because it's a little bit easier. So in 20, 2019, here, here's kind of a goal of mine, and it hit me a couple weeks ago. The staff knows this, but many of you guys know this. I, I don't eat the best. I've talked about this before. I'm not that most, most healthy guy. In fact, I probably haven't eaten a vegetable since 2003. So things are not going well for me in that department. However, I started to notice something and I was thinking about it this week of a challenge that I was gonna do, a New, Year, a New Year's resolution. We all have some New Year's resolutions coming out. Maybe it's running, maybe it's getting in shape, maybe it's, you know, whatever it is. We all have New Year's resolutions. And I started thinking about some New Year's resolutions for me. And uh, I, I was like, okay, these gotta last past January or at least the first two weeks of January, but we'll see what happens. So, you know, I'll start small, I'll start small. And, and that's good to do sometimes because I think sometimes you have to have steps. But I was thinking back at some of my stuff and what could be a goal. And in high school, I used to go to Pizza Hut all the time. I'm talking like every Sunday I was at Pizza Hut. This is when they still had the buffet, so I could eat a salad. I did get some greens in. But they had the breadsticks. Oh my gosh, the breadsticks at Pizza Hut. The pizza, just delicious. And nobody out pizzas the hut. They had the salad, the, the incredible marinara sauce. If you've had a better marinara sauce than Pizza Hut, I dare you to challenge me after the service, come up and tell me, because Pizza Hut's marinara sauce is incredible. I'd go to Pizza Hut all the time. I'd go to Taco Bell all the time. It got so ridiculous that I would go into Pizza Hut and the lady would just know, like if I had an order, she'd be like, oh, hey, cheese pizza, you know, order of breadsticks and a salad, you know, croutons and cheese and ranch and French, and I'm like, you got it, you know? And, I, and so every time I would go in there, and it started getting ridiculous to the point where I, I wasn't married yet, and this lady was like, hey, I'm gonna come to your wedding. Like, when you're married, I wanna come to your wedding. The Pizza Hut waitress is like, I wanna come to your wedding, and I'm gonna bring you a thing full of croutons. Like, I just, I, I really, let me do this for you. And I was like, all right, like, I, really, I forget your name, but you're, you're invited. So she was gonna come to the wedding. I mean, I wanted this lady there because she was gonna bring the croutons. Well, the same thing over at Taco Bell. I started knowing all these people well. So you think this story ends there with just the high school stuff. No, it doesn't end. 
I'm now a grown man. I don't live in Napanee anymore. I live, you know, a couple minutes down the road. And I started thinking to myself, maybe I go out to eat a little bit too much because there's a lot of restaurants in this area that know my exact order. This is getting a little pathetic. I go to Starbucks quite often and I will pull around the thing and when they hear my voice, they'll say, hello, and I'll say, hey, how you doing? Hey, Mike, hey, how's it going? Hey, same thing? Absolutely. I pull right around to start every single day. I can tell when there's a new employee at Starbucks because they don't know my order and I'm, I get angry. I'm like, oh, this is a newbie. She's a newbie, this person should know my order. So I go through, and so it, it's at, that's at Starbucks. It started happening at Jimmy John's. I'd go into Jimmy John's and Turkey Tom. Oh, you got it. It was happening at Subway quite a bit, happening at Enzo's Pizza down at uh, the Concord Mall because that's a great place. You get where I'm going here? It, it's getting a little ridiculous. One of my goals in 2019 is maybe to not eat out so much because a couple things. It's killing my bank account, and A, it's killing the body, okay? I, don't, I mean, I know dad bods are in, but I gotta be careful here, okay? So this is um, one of those things that I started thinking about this 2019 challenge. And I started thinking, okay, I need to make some New Year's resolutions, I need to figure this out. You know, one of the things is, I'm gonna cut down Starbucks, maybe I'll go, you know, five times instead of six, six times each week, but we'll see what happens. But I'm making little, little things to myself of really trying to work at cut some stuff down. Now, what's the point of this? Is it so that the little things that you have in mind for your New Year's resolutions, I just crushed those things and made them insignificant? That's not the point of this. What I wanna tell you today is that I think God actually has big things, not just resolutions, but big goals for you. And it was starting all along in 2018, and now 2019 is gonna be approaching, and it's not about the New Year's resolutions. It's about a perspective of understanding obedience and what that looks like. And I wanna tell you that while it's great to stop going to Starbucks six times and maybe move down to five because of your health and all that stuff, that's terrific. I think God has bigger things in mind than just cut out some Starbucks, cut out some Taco Bell. I think what he has is there's real things in your life, real things in my life. I'm talking real things, deep things that you don't wanna talk about, that you don't wanna share, some insecurities that you have. Maybe you have a deep-rooted, deep-rooted insecurity and nobody knows because behind closed doors you're incredibly insecure. Maybe you have a deep-rooted anger and, and there's this, this bitterness inside you and you look at people and you get frustrated and, and there's that. You never talk about it. You're gonna put a smiling face but deep inside there's a bitterness. Maybe, maybe for some of you it's jealousy where you look at somebody and you wish what they, you know, I really wish what they had. I'd never say it but you know, I, they gotta, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm jealous of Josh Reger who's in the back right now. I won't, uh, I won't put the spotlight on him, but uh, I'm jealous of him because I pulled up and he's got that incredible BMW and I'm driving my Toyota, so I made sure to put a space between us so there's no comparison. But maybe for some of you, it's, it's jealousy. Maybe for some of us, it's pride. I'm talking about real issues that you don't wanna share with anybody. And in 2019, it's not just about stop going to Starbucks. God is actually telling you, I have something for you and I have something big for you but until you address what's actually going on in your life, the hard things that are going on in your life, you're never gonna get to where I wanna go, where I want you to go. And I wanna start off in scripture. I use it all the time. I use the story of Jonah, but I think there's a ton of juice. And I wanna use one little part, and I'm just gonna make a tiny point on Jonah. Jonah 1, 1 through 3, it says this. <clears throat> it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, 
some son of Mittai, I can never pronounce it, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. This is crucial. You've heard it a million times. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went, to, he went down to Joppa <clears throat> where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. I wanna tell you this morning that sometimes it's easier for us to get creative to disobey God than it is for us to just simply run towards his plan. What do I mean by this? If you put the map up, you're gonna see something interesting. This is Jonah's decision right here. Does this look familiar? God asks him to go to Nineveh. He's at a port in Joppa. Nineveh is 550 miles away. God says, go 550 miles away to Nineveh. I want you to go there. I want you to preach against the wickedness. What does Jonah do? He goes 2,500 miles the other way. See, we do this all the time. We get creative. See, Jonah got creative. Not only did he, he didn't just go 550 miles the other, the other way, or he didn't just go you know, a couple inches toward, he went 2,500 miles the other way. Have you done this before? Because I certainly have. God asks us to do something. He says, hey, I'm really gonna need you to do this. And not only do you not do it, but you get creative on how you can sin. You get creative on how you can make an excuse. See, I've done this so many times. I've done this in my marriage. I've done this at my job. I've done this with my kids. I'm sure I've done this with other people where maybe there was an expectation that God called me to. And in that circumstance, it, like, it, it just looked a little, little bit too hard. And so not, not only did I not do it, but I actually found a nice excuse to figure out how to go the opposite way. This is exactly what Jonah's doing. God calls him to do something simple, even though it seems very, very hard. And he goes 2,000 miles the other way. It's incredible. I think what God did, which was really neat, is he used a whale to allow Jonah's experience to come back to him. See, Jonah was always gonna go back. It was just how. God could have easily brought a cruise ship and a big Disney cruise ship and pick Jonah up out there off the boat and go back, but no, he used a whale. And what Jonah saw as the problem was actually God's provision. See, this takes place in our lives and we look at things as a problem like the whale. There's whales in our lives every single day. And what you think is actually a problem of what, where God, it's a roadblock of where God wants to get you is actually provision that God is using to get you there, but it's not gonna be easy. And that's what I wanna highlight today. That is simply what I wanna let you know as we head into 2019, that the stuff that you face is not gonna be easy, and the harder and the deeper and the more rooted the stuff you have, obviously the more deeper the challenge, but the greater the opportunity for God to display his glory, and God had an opportunity. And I can tell you there's multiple stories in the Bible of God showing the people that it would have only been him. I want you to see these. <clears throat> the story of Jonah, there's a whale that's used. Like I said, God didn't have to use a whale. He could have used something else. But a cruise ship picking him up would have made sense. A whale sitting in the belly of a whale, that doesn't make sense. That's only God. The story of Moses. Could have easily went around the sea. Wouldn't have that made sense? You just go around the sea. If I see a, a big old you know, ocean, I'm just gonna walk around it. Moses splits it because it was the only way that they were gonna see that God was actually leading. It was never Moses leading them, it was God leading them the whole time. The story of Sarah, this lady's very old, her age is getting up there, she laughs at the thought of having a baby, and then Isaac comes. The story of Abraham, he thinks that this is his only son and God asks him to do something big, he asks him to sacrifice his only son and that, 
can't possibly make sense. What are you talking about? The story of David. Couldn't have God killed Goliath with a giant army? Wouldn't that make more sense? But if God would have allowed an army to kill Goliath, who would have gotten the credit? The army would have gotten the credit. Instead, God uses this, this boy, and he uses a slingshot and a stone. The story of Paul, the amazing transformation. You got this guy who doesn't just, you know, kinda not like Christians, he hates Christians, he's putting them to death. This is the exact opposite of what you would think for a person that's gonna go on to tell the story of Jesus in a very unique way. But he allows a big time um, anti-Christian, if you will, become one of the most incredible men of the faith in our scriptures, and that's so that people knew that it would be God. And the story of Jesus, as we've talked about the last four or five weeks, the story of Jesus had to be the way it was because it would make sense that a king would come down on a big throne, but instead a baby comes down. See, these are all things, challenges, roadblocks, mountains that could have been, but they're happening in these people's lives because it was only God that could allow it to happen. So I want you to know that there's some scripture that I think will sum this up and be able to help you recognize some of the challenges in your life. And the first one that I like, it's in Acts 12, one, one through 19. I think it's incredibly powerful and I want to read it to you. Sometimes we paraphrase, sometimes we read. I want to read it to you and I want you to really focus on the words. So if you join me, if you have your Bibles, you have your phones, or take a look at the screen. Acts 12, one through 19, we're gonna read it all. It was about the time that King Herod arrested someone who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. I want you to know this is for one man. So you got Peter, you got four squads of four soldiers in prison. Peter is not gonna be escaping, correct? Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Not only does he have all these soldiers, but they're actually sleeping right next to him. There is no chance, right? There's no chance that Peter could escape. Bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Hey, get up. And the chains fell off of Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, hey, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhonda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening and slammed, hey, hey, Peter's at the door. Can you imagine? This is what they're praying for. This is a huge thing. You got Peter, who's now in prison, who's now free. He's guarded by four sets of four soldiers. You got soldiers next to him. He's chained up. There's no chance that he could break free. Have you been in these situations? Let me be completely honest with you. I've been very upfront about this, and I'm never gonna shy away from this, that one of my biggest struggles is anxiety. It always has been. 
and I can stand up here and look confident and I can talk to people and I, and I love relationships, but behind closed doors, I second guess myself a lot. I really do. I struggle with anxiety, I have, I have my whole life. And I can tell you what it's done. It's, it, what it's done to me is it's made me worry about so many unnecessary things. When Megan and I brought Case home, I was worried about every little thing. When Megan and I brought Wells home, I was worried about every little thing. I worry about Megan all the time. I, I really do worry about you know, this church or our country. I worry about so many things. And in college, it was so bad. And nobody knew it. Because I would never wanna bring anybody into my worry. Why? Because I don't wanna look weak. I don't wanna look like somebody who just you know, is weak and, and can't handle it and all this stuff. And I'm just like Peter at times, and maybe some of you guys are. Maybe you have the chains on. You know, the chains are, the chains are on, the soldiers are, are guarding you, and there's no chance that God could do anything in your life because there's no possibility, there's no possibility that anything's gonna change. Maybe you felt like this. I don't know what your deepest, darkest secret is, that's not something that you have to shout from the stage. I, I, I wanna be vulnerable because I wanna let you know that we're a body of people who have different things that we're bringing together. We're all dragging chains in here on Sunday morning. Sometimes we can put the masks on, we can put the smiles on, but the truth is behind us as you're walking, there's a, there's a ball and a chain potentially or you're, you're cuffed and your deepest, darkest secret is inside and you're gonna tackle your 2019 with some great goals and that's exciting and you're not gonna go to Starbucks as much because it's not good for your health and you're gonna eat a piece of lettuce from time to time because it's good for you, that's great. But what I wanna talk about as you head into this, maybe it's time we start addressing some of our deepest, darkest insecurities because these chains, these chains have no place for us because God allowed us to be free. But in this moment, Peter would have been chained and there's no possible way. In fact, he was so stunned that he thought it was a vision. So now he's at the door. And now Rhonda is really, really excited. In 15, she says, or they say, you're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting, no, 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 I promise, Peter's at the door. It must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were absolutely astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord, it's a key word right here, I should have highlighted that, how the Lord, remember that, not Peter's doing, not the angel's doing, the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said. Then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him. He cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. See, this morning what I'm really hoping and the whole point of today, and God has been absolutely bleeding this on my heart, is simply this. This morning I think what God is asking me to do and what he's asking you to do is run towards something that you cannot defeat so that when you defeat it, you'll know that it was simply the power of God. See, I can stop going to Starbucks I can stop getting in my car and, and drive over there. Like that, even though I'm not gonna lie, that is gonna be a big challenge, but I can, I, I can pass up on that drive-through once or twice. What I can't rid out of my life, and I was to sit here and look at you honestly in the eye, what I cannot rid in my life is anxiety. I've been here for almost seven years now, and I think for seven years I've, I've told you this, and you guys are probably thinking, geez, Mike, would you just defeat the thing already? I can't. 
I mean, I simply cannot do it. I'm struggling from time to time with this thing, and it might be a part of, not it might be, it's gonna be a part of my life for the rest of my life. I, I, I wanna pick the Starbucks thing because that's easy, but God's like, look, I got something actually more intense for you. I want you to pick something that there's no possible chance that you could defeat, no chance that you could defeat it, and I want you to call on me so that when you defeat it, you absolutely know it's me. What is your slingshot thing? God did not need an army to take down Goliath. He needed a, a stone and a slingshot. He did not need Moses to walk around the sea. He told Mars, Moses, part the sea. Whatever's happening in your life this morning is something that might be really, really intense. Maybe you don't think you're good enough. And God's like, I've been seeing these insecurities your whole life. I want you to, I want you to face that. This is how I know that we can defeat things because it says it in Acts 17, 24, 28. This is the power of our God. It says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he does not need to be served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everyone, everything else. From one man, he made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did, did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. You wanna know the God that can defeat the stuff that you're going through? It's this God right here in Acts 17, 24 through 28. The God who made human, the God who made the human race, the God who formed you, the God who formed me, the God who made this world, the God who everything in him is that we live, we move, and we have our being. That is the God that we serve. And if you don't think that God can defeat the things that you're going through, then we're underestimating God big time. I love the song that we sang, he's moved the mountains. If you were to look in your life, I know there's been mountains that have been moved. And if I look in my life, there's mountains that have been moved. While 2018 was an incredibly confusing, hard, challenging year, there was also mountains that I climbed. And when I got to the other side, I realized, oh my gosh, the entire time, God was carrying me up the mountain. I think one of the greatest recipes for success in anything is a little bit of hard work and a ton of God's grace. When we put those things together in a blender, you get incredible results because what you get is a person who fully depended on God. I wanna ask you what your slingshot challenge is this morning, what your sea challenge is of parting the sea. As we call the band up here and we give them an opportunity and we give you an opportunity to worship the Lord, I wanna, I wanna ask you this morning, have you been setting Starbucks goals for yourself? Pizza Hut goals, Taco Bell goals, those are great. I can promise you I have a couple of them on my list right now but we can also have so many Starbucks and so many Pizza Hut goals that we forget about the slingshot goals. God wants you to face your deepest, darkest secrets today and moving into 2019, not because he wants to cause you all this pain, because it's gonna be an onion, I can tell you that. He wants you to face them so that when that onion is peeled and that onion becomes a tree full of fruit, you'll know that there's no chance that it was just you. It was fully God. Would you go ahead and take a moment and pray with me?
God, this morning, we cry out to you. You are our God. You are our King. Lord, we know what you can do because we, we believe in what you can do. We've seen it in the scriptures. We know that you're a God that's full of promises. We know that you're a God that's full of hope and love, mercy, peace, grace, beyond what we deserve and beyond what we will ever understand. What I hope this morning, God, in my prayer, is that your Holy Spirit would move in us and allow us to know, Jesus, that the stuff that we're battling, oh, it's hard. It's really hard. And I, I don't wanna be somebody who just makes all these tiny goals and just, you know, I, I mean, those are good. But the bottom line is, Jesus, that you want to do something in our lives. You wanna allow us to tackle some stuff. And I, I've come to the realization even in the last couple days that the chain of anxiety might be here the rest of my days, but sometimes I feel like that's kind of the easy way out too. Because there is days where I just think it's gonna be a part of my life. This is just who I am. I'll probably be up here another three years still talking about it. But in a way, there's that small voice of hope that actually says that even though this is how I'm wired, this doesn't have to be my story, that I, I can live in confidence with the Spirit of God. I can understand, Jesus, that you have a stone and a slingshot that you're trying to hand me. And a lot of times, it's just me not pulling it back. I wanna ask this morning that these individuals would look in their hearts and you would reach deep down and see what's in there. Allow them to, allow them to look in the mirror, to peel the onions. Maybe for some it's, it's bitterness, it's anger, it's pride, it's selfishness, it's hurt, it's sorrow, it's confusion. It's all of these things and it's just easier to make Starbucks goals. That's not what we're gonna do, God. We're gonna challenge ourselves to look in the mirror, to peel the onions. Make fruit in our lives, God. May your Holy Spirit seep in us enough that we know that we too can have the Jonah stories. That Jonah's story, it was a tough one because he went the opposite way, got pretty creative, he made every excuse. But what he saw as a problem, and I'm sure he wasn't sitting there in the belly of the fish saying, oh, this is provision from God. I'm sure he probably thought this is a huge problem, but what was a problem was actually a provision from you. Let us look at the mountains, let us look at the whales, let us look at the problems in our lives and start seeing them as provisions. Let us look at the stumbling blocks that we see as just stumbling blocks that you actually see as stepping stones. God, we love you, we thank you for who you are, Jesus. And it's in your amazing name, Father. The name of Jesus, amen.